0: Hi everyone, this is Chris McGowan, a.k.a. Chris McGoogs, a.k.a. Chris McGoogs McGowan, a.k.a. McGoogs, a.k.a. Bing. That's that's an old nickname I haven't used in a while. Before we get started, I wanted to bring up two things. First, I had this idea, wanted to get feedback, feedback form, which I'm plugging again. What if I did like little commercials about businesses in the town or anything in the town? I know most people fast forward through ads in podcasts. So I don't want to create content that is lame. And I know it's not an original idea either, but I don't know. Maybe I'll do one and see what you all think. Number two, I got my first feedback, which is great. The form works, just so you know. That address again is pinecast.com slash feedback slash C-W-P-L-L. And my feedback was a friendly reminder that I was slightly off in my number of episodes for Pretty Little Liars. There's 160 episodes of this television show, which is quite a bit more than 100, which means this will be going on for three years. You know what it is? It feels like I just went on a first date with Chris Watch's Pretty Little Liars, and on date number two, they're like, by the way, do you want to do this for three years? And I said, yeah, sure. There you go. I'm not a commitment-phobe. Prince watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. So he can help you figure out who's a... Okay, episode six, No Place Like Homecoming. And just to dive right in, uh, this title derives from probably many uh, reasons... The biggest being the fortune cookies. I would say this is episode six of season one of the show. This is by far the greatest feats of technology that A has committed since I've started recording this podcast and watching the show. A, Whomever A is, they have unbelievable access. Okay, so we start in uh, Arya's room. Uh, we have a smooch flashback with her and Fitz. The other three liars come over, and basically they're trying to get her out of her funk and get her to go to homecoming. I think we know, if you've been listening to this podcast up to this point, I'm a, I'm a fan of Hannah. Like, I'm very pro-Hannah on this on this show. Uh, this week, though, um, she really gets everything wrong. Like, she she whiffs on both Emily and Aria. She thinks she is helping. She thinks she knows what's going on. And the look on the uh, faces of both Emily and Aria tells us, the audience, that she is completely wrong. I mean, her heart is in the right place, so they obviously don't—they don't take necessary ill with her. Although her and the Maya thing is a little hmm, bit of a gray area. Not sure she should have uh, intervened there, but she did. And were good, but it, she may have caused more trouble than uh, she meant to. How about that? So to begin off, we're kind of having a little uh, intervention there for Arya, trying to get out of her depression. They got some takeout food, and there's some fortune cookies in the in the in the food. And they kind of all chanting, chant, chant. They open the open one of the cookies. Lions and tigers and bitches. Oh my! No place like homecoming. Like see you there, bitches. I think there might have been two bitches. I don't remember. A lot of bitches. Uh, dash a. And it's in all of the cookies. I'm a pretty close watcher. I don't recall if they were wrapped, but even if even if they were loose, that requires um someone working at the restaurant. You can't just intercept the food. do it. Someone has to actually work there. So A has to know, number one, that they're ordering from this particular restaurant. Let's say they called in the order. What, you maybe have a half hour, an hour? A has got to have someone planted in the restaurant that just so happens that they order from. Maybe they know that this is a place they'd like to order from. Okay, I'll give you that. Someone who works there, who have access to their food, and these messages ready to go. Quickly, either these were pre-made... Or someone removed the old fortunes that were in there and put these in there. I guess I just don't see how that's possible. I I, I don't see... It's way... I don't understand it, to be perfectly honest with you. This is where A's technology in this episode really starts to throw me off. Because I have no idea how A pulled that off. And again, it wasn't just like one cookie. It was like the whole bag. I mean, if there's anything good to come out of the fortune cookie incident here... We can put to rest my Quantico theory. I know. I, had, I know it got pretty wild there. I know I had the detective involved in a multi-level uh, operation. Maya was a secret agent as well. I think she, I drafted her into his his plot. I think with this fortune cookie incident, I, I can safely say at least that they weren't part of this. And I and I feel pretty confident to kind of let Quantico go entirely. It almost absolutely means there's a many a theory. There is absolutely no way. A can do this alone. Now, there might be a different, maybe, there might be various ways that A can get people to do what they want them to do, such as blackmail. That seems to be a popular tool for, uh, for the residents of Rosewood. Still, uh, more than one person is involved. So I, I feel pretty good going forward here that what we're looking at is a team, whether they want to be working together or do not want to be working together. There's definitely more than one person here. Because at the end of this episode this is even a more ridiculous uh, stunt. So we have the, uh, the uh, what is it, the Real Love Waits Club here, and we meet Lucas for the first time. And Hannah kind of laughs at his joke. He's kind of awkward, kind of, uh, but he's kind of on her same wavelength. So so she sees a fellow, uh, I don't know what you would call this person that maybe is doubtful of the RLW group. Uh, it is worth noting that Sean was having his scene with uh, the driver girl, the one that Hannah is quite jealous of. Aria wants to talk to Fitz, but Fitz goes, nope. Emily and Maya have an awkward uh, interaction at the vending machine. I thought that was really well acted and written. You know, Maya says something like, you know what, we should, get to, we should catch up again soon. And Maya says, yeah, we should, and walks away. And again, that seemed, I don't know, maybe, maybe to some it'd be like, oh, okay, well, they're going to catch up. She didn't make plans. She didn't say, do you want to, how about the Saturday or how about the Monday? And because she didn't say that, you can see Maya's face is like, oh, that's not going to happen. It's very, it very well done. I like that very much. We get another mention of this memorial for Allison that I guess they're working on. Whether that's a lie or not, it's mentioned again. Uh, Maya's not going to go to the homecoming at this point. And then we get the crux of this episode. Spencer is the one that initiates this. She wants Hannah to steal the file that she presumes is in this therapist's office uh, that should be Jenna's. That Jenna's. That, that's what she wants Hannah to do. Hannah's like, I don't know. She's like, yes, we have to do it. Uh, Spencer's theory is that it's uh, Jenna and Toby, which we already know. Uh, she's wrong. But I mean it's it's I don't from their point of view it makes complete sense. There's only one person that hates them this much, Jenna. Uh they all hate Toby for some reason. So it makes sense. Mona is pretty mean. You know, it's funny, and I'm sure this will come up in Mona's character as we see her evolve. She's acting like how some of these liars act, right? So she Mona was in the out group. She was mocked by I think Allison says something mocking to her in that flashback from the pilot or whatever that was. But you get the sense that Mona was teased a lot, like Hannah and Mona were teased. I don't know if we get more of that necessarily, but now that Mona's on top, uh, she goes right up to Spencer and like makes fun of her. It's pretty bold. Uh, then you see this infamous nine oh one free at last tattoo on Toby. They later on assume that that means I'm jumping ahead. I know, but they later on assume that it means September first, the day Allison disappeared. I can't imagine. Again, uh, from their point of view, it makes complete sense. I can't imagine the 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 rationale of. Hey, I was responsible for this girl's disappearance, so I'm going to tattoo um the date of it on me. I mean, I guess Toby could be that stupid. I guess if he if he was if he was part of this, I just don't think. I mean, I don't know what it means. <laughs> Whatever nine hundred one free at last means, it, I don't think it has anything to do with uh, Allison's disappearance. Again, uh, I'm not judging uh, someone's um in putting clues together. They're doing exactly what I'm doing. Toby seems introverted, and there's something else happening there with his with his with his stepsister which we find out but there's there's something else going on that we don't quite understand yet i don't think the one free at last has anything to do with that to me it felt like a band tattoo (laughs) like 311 and then some album that they like so i don't know but toby invites emily to homecoming he bought a couple tickets and she says yes so there we go and so i don't know so emily in the very beginning says there's so much she wants to take but she doesn't want anyone to read too much into it which is interesting, because I think she is referring to Toby. We we don't know that for sure. And I think we kind of know that she has feelings for Maya, and not necessarily Toby, but the show's been kind of vague about it, and we don't get, obviously, characters' internal monologues. So we don't... That's This is me projecting. I don't, I don't really know what she's going through either. But, if I were to theorize, I think she does view Toby as a friend, or at least someone that she can confide in that's not this circle of friends that there's a lot of history with. And he seems... Like, he listens to her, and, and she listens to him in a way that I don't think either of these people have in their lives. And um, I think that's what she values in her relationship with Toby. Of course, that goes out the frickin' window later on, but we'll get there. Yeah, and here's another weird thing. So Alex, uh, Spencer's a ball boy uh, uh, boyfriend, I don't know if official, but he shows up at the school a day early. Again, I have another question. Like, where is school security? He's just allowed to walk inside all the way to the cafeteria. Again, maybe I'm old school, but I can't imagine that any schools I've gone to, and since it's been a while since I've been in school, that they would just allow a kid to walk in and do that. But whatever, it does though reveal a hint. I think part of my issues with A and theories is that how is A getting into these buildings, uh, these school buildings, to f- to look at these things or, or be present? And clearly, anybody can walk in. So uh, you know, any hindrance that I once theorized that A had about School property is uh, is moot. It's void. Anyone can walk in at any time and have a chat. Uh, the money thing is weird. I thought the money issue, the money bit was strange. He wanted to pay for it. Spencer's like, no, I wa- I know it's my treat. Like I want to pay for it. And I and I don't know, cause full disclosure, uh, this is something that uh, I've work- been working on myself. You know, money things can be weird. And if someone says, you know what, I want to pay for it, especially if someone makes it clear, I don't. You know, I've got this. For someone to kind of, I mean, he didn't really force money on her, but he did kind of put it in her pocket. And she did say, I, "I, you don't have to do that. So it didn't seem to be like a big deal. Like didn't make a big deal about it on the show. I, it's just something I noticed because we saw him put the money inside her uh, pocket. Um, this is where Hannah, I think, starts to, I wrote in all caps, Hannah here. Hannah got, got the text from A, so she saw the photo of Emily and Maya kissing. So she runs into Maya and she says, Emily really wanted you to come. Not that. Hannah is misreading what Emily said at the very beginning, that there's someone she wants to take, but she doesn't want people to get the wrong impression. Hannah jumped to conclusions, which, of course, I'm doing here as well. But Hannah jumped to conclusions and assumed that that had to do with Maya. So she says she thinks she's playing uh, um, Cupid here and bringing Maya and Emily together. Again, intentions are good, uh, but that, I think, is not exactly what Emily wants. I don't know. Uh, if I were Hannah in this situation, I may not go that route. But I, I understand where she's coming from, but it only made what's to come much more complicated. Toby and Jenna have their creepy scene where Jenna does not want... I mean, I, yeah, I don't quite understand their dynamic yet. But Jenna says, why are you talking to her? She's going to hate you when she finds out the truth. And I think we as a viewer are to interpret that as this whole firecracker of doom episode that blinded jenna i don't think that's it i think there's something else going on here and i don't even think it's what we find out later in this episode hannah goes back to the uh, dentist's office to try to get this file based on spencer's urging we have a little uh quick sketch here uh with the painters uh, saying bacon and cake uh, uh and hannah being like goop and the painter's like get out of here so she does something to the door that i guess keeps it unlocked over the weekend i wrote chris Pizzini. what the hell is chris Pizzini? oh chris oh yeah I wrote that name down because I was like, was Hannah lying to Ari when she says Chris Pizzini or Chris Pizzino is into you and wants you to go to Homecoming? I don't know if it was a lie or not. But when it's revealed, I I guess she was going to go. But Hannah, again, is wrong, again, thinking that Ari is upset about her parents, which she is. Ari is upset about Fitz. And, of course, Hannah doesn't know that. But, again, Hannah jumps to conclusions and... To be fair, this circle of friends are not honest with each other, which is uh, what we see in every episode, is a lot of things not shared. And Secrets actually comes up again uh, later on. So Homecoming. We're at Homecoming, and there was a band playing, and I wrote of my notes, is this a real band like they used to do on Buffy? It seemed to be like a real band, only because they had some lingering shots on them, as if it was in their contract, to be sure their faces are shown for their upcoming uh, release. Not a big fan of the band, but, you know, hey, and maybe they're just not in my jam. I couldn't quite get an orientation. I guess we were in the gym because the cafeteria is the cafeteria. So yeah, I'm not quite sure where we are. I don't think it really matters. Uh, Sean does have a weird little wink at Aria. when Hannah leaves. He goes, "Oh, I have no problem with that." I don't know. I never really saw him having a an eye for Aria, but I don't know. That was a, that was a little weird. Everyone meets Alex, and things seem to be going well there. Spencer's sister is there, Melissa. This whole story about the certain alumni were supposed to be there tonight to her chaperone. Someone was sick. And Melissa, of all people, was the one who came in to the sister, who she absolutely despises to chaperone. So at, at, at the very least, what she does later was per, was a part of her plan. At worst, um, she's part of the uh, many a group. Mona's really mean to Lucas. Um, and you can see Hannah. Hannah doesn't stand up to Mona in the moment when she's being mean to Lucas. But she does say to her after... Like, stop being mean. So we can see Hannah starting to kind of push back. And Mona equates popularity with putting people down. And again, I think we, I mentioned Mona already. She has an interesting arc already. She she's, Again, she started on the bottom of the social ladder. She's clearly leaped up, uh, I guess, to some degree. And whether it's Allison's teachings or even our liars, uh, Mona thinks that now that she's there, in order to stay there, she has to keep pushing everyone else down, including uh, Lucas calling him Hermie. Uh, I guess it's uh, some sort of hermaphrodite. I guess Allison's used to call him, or I don't know. I think I think that's mentioned here. Right, so then Arya is uh, teamed up with Fitz for some sort of sandbag game. There's a nice little shot of uh, Arya looking through one of the hearts at Fitz. I'm sure uh, the cinematographer was very pleased uh, with that setup. Uh, the haircut thing, I'm sorry. I don't know if that... Uh, maybe I'm just a dumb guy, and I'm and I am. But something about the haircut... It was very, like, she said, oh, great haircut. And he kind of gives a nod, and you can tell that she's disappointed that he didn't react stronger. Of course, there's other people around, so I'm not quite sure what response she was hoping for. But he's like, yeah, yeah, I got a haircut. The haircut comes back. Don't worry. I do appreciate the extra here who tries to really win the game. I thought that was great uh, acting, and I hope uh, he's still working. Fitz gets clued in a bit more on A. I mean, understandably, the liars are hesitant to talk about this. I guess I don't know why... It's pretty weird, but I mean, they haven't really told anybody outside the four of them about this. And she tells him, it wasn't a friend who sent that. And he's like, who's A? And Jenna, and sorry, Jenna, Arya starts to say, last summer, dot, 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 Miss Walsh Welsh shows up again and asks Arya if she's okay. Uh, I said it last time. I'm going to say it again. This teacher is going to figure this uh, affair out. Uh, mark my words. I'm calling it here in episode six. She already knows. She's already suspicious. Toby and Emily show up he already wants to go he's like can we go see a Fritz Lang movie uh, but yeah but she Emily and Toby walk in and everyone has sad faces the liars are like Emily's with Toby and Maya's like oh Emily's with Toby and even Hannah and that's like a double whammy for Hannah Hannah's like oh I thought Maya and her and oh she's with Toby That's yeah, it's a double whammy and then Emily and Maya have a brief confrontation and Hannah kind of lets it slip that she knows about Maya and Emily already's like well how did you know that so we have a secret possibly being revealed here uh the free car being given away um i don't know if we know who wins that in this episode i don't think we do but there's (laughs) a toyota carola being given away Uh, melissa and alex alex melissa does her uh does her move here to tell alex that he's being used uh, as some sort of punishment for the family i don't know how effective this is because he still is there but um melissa's trying melissa's trying to be uh, mean to her younger sister and then, I, I, I don't think this is true, but it looks like the same extra that stared at Spencer during the barn party is the one that is dancing with Aria. <laughs> they look very similar. I apologize that they're different dudes, but he sure looks like them. I don't think Aria really wants to dance with him, but, you know, uh, it's, it's homecoming, so whatever. During this dance uh, with a song that I'm not too happy with, it hits Spencer what 901 means, the alley disappeared date. So Hannah's trying to um, get out to the therapist office, Lucas pops in and agrees to drive her to the office. So that worked out conveniently. Sean and Arya dance. Uh, sh- she's bent as dis- a distraction. I should go back a bit. Uh, the reason why Hannah's leaving is because Spencer's like, the only way Emily is going to believe us, that Toby is evil, I guess, is to get this file. So that's what makes Hannah go with Lucas. Uh, Aria's meant to interfere with Sean. Sean is a little too happy to be dancing with Arya, but, you know, whatever. And Emily and Maya have a scene where Maya's like, you know what? kind of like that classic uh classic rom-com moment of like if you don't if you don't have anything for me just tell me and I'll go away forever. Emily doesn't say anything, of course. So Maya gets kind of a half smile and walks away. So there's still there's still feelings there. Then we have the fortune teller. Here's here's the second A thing. Fortune teller is kind of doing this bad match dialogue or monologue here. And we get a couple quick shots of uh Toby and Emily. We see a couple shots of um Uh, Other bad couples, I guess, that the show is trying to hint at. And somehow, somehow, A wrote on a tarot card. One of your friends is, like, going to bite it or something. Say say goodbye to your BFF-A. Now, you tell me, audience, how in the hell could A write on a tarot? How would A know to A write on a tarot card? That tarot card come up in the fortune and have spencer be there for that for that fortune like all these incidents the only way that's possible is if someone at that table did it and you're telling me spencer who's sitting right next to her grabbed a card and wrote on it really quick or that the fortune teller is part of this i mean she does say i don't know what is this doing on this card this is weird i don't even know how that's possible it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me uh i yeah i don't know it doesn't make any sense to me the Aria Fitz hallway scene, again, I think this is meant for Tumblr, uh, gifts. it's a hard G. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I still have feelings for you, but we, you know, we're, we're not meant to be. He says, I didn't get this haircut to impress Mrs. Walsh or Welsh. To the uh, therapist office, Lucas is on lookout. He's kind of watching for anyone. She sneaks in there. Toby and Emily have a little scene in the cafeteria, and clearly Emily is set up with her interaction with Maya. Toby asks if they can talk in the chem lab. Back to the, uh, the break-in, Hannah says, there's no Jenna Marshall file, and then they say, oh, we'll look for Kavanaugh, maybe her last name's Kavanaugh. So they do that. Melissa's really mean again to Spencer, like, yeah, he Alex left because uh, you're terrible. Then Hannah gets Toby's file, so she starts reading Toby Kavanaugh's file. He's the one going to therapy. In the lab, uh, you, you know, I'm really nuts about uh, the set designer in their lab. I did see a couple H O O H. There was one particular design that had H and like a cross, four H's, and a zero in the middle, which felt a little much like the Liars and Allison, like they're kind of orbiting Allison. I may be reading way too much in the chalkboards, I realize that. Toby gets it. Toby understands, but he does say you he went, he went with the wrong person. It's Maya. He says, We have all got secrets. Uh, again, the to- 2010 Toyota Corolla is very prominently featured. Here's a very minor detail kind of settled, kind of offhandedly. Uh, but Melissa says she was homecoming queen. By the way, I should mention, Melissa does know that uh, Spencer stole her paper. Which, I, I think we knew Melissa went to the school. So, so I don't know if we're going to have a pre-PLL flashback at some point. But we know the detective went to this high school, as did now Melissa. So I don't know if there's something going on there. But Melissa was apparently homecoming queen. Uh, yeah, I think Spencer may have told us when she went there but uh, I wasn't paying attention close enough. Just something interesting. August 15th is the day of the incident with Jenna. And we're getting close to the end here with some big reveals. Allison was blackmailing Toby because Toby and Jenna were uh, hooking up. Uh, They were more than just smooching. They were doing it all, apparently. And I I guess their stepbrother and stepsister and Allison knew. She said she was peering in their window and that he had to take the fall for the firecracker of doom or she'd tell everybody, which I guess was enough reason for him to say he did it. The three liars go into a house of mirrors, which is pretty, I mean, that's pretty impressive for a, a high school uh, homecoming, but hey. Uh, so they go in there, and they're, they're chatting about all this information that they've figured out, and they're texting Emily because they're like, this this is why he is A, or, or part of A, and he's, he's going to hurt her. And we see Jenna's been hiding in there. I don't know how you hide in a hall of mirrors, but she was, because we see her in there eavesdropping. Toby gets a little aggressive with his arm grab as Emily leaves. Gotta say, Toby, not not a great move on your part. Um, not not quite sure what the purpose of that was. Inappropriate. So Emily does kick his ass, and Toby should know better. He she just went through a very frightening experience with Ben, and for him to kind of grab her arm like that, mm, I mean, she <laughs> she does kick kick his ass. She scratches him, throws him into the back of the room into a whole bunch of like chemicals. I thought he was going to turn into a superhero or a villain, but then there's a chase ensues. Now he's going, Emily, please stop. She's like, help me, help me, help me, and then Emily ends up downstairs, she misses the liars for some reason. There must be multiple staircases. She ends up in some sort of hallway. Toby's chasing her. And then she dips out of frame. We don't see what she falls over or or anything. Like I don't like she screams. So she's in some sort of danger. I'm just not quite sure what she is in danger of. And then the uh, Then the very last shot. So somebody A or random graffiti artist, I have no idea. They're at the Welcome to Rosewood sign, which I I would assume is on some sort of interstate or freeway, uh, highway of some sort, miles and miles from the school. They spray paint the last digit of the population and change it from an eighth to a seventh. There's 7,987 residents in Rosewood and then we get, then we get credits. Now I got to say I was going to add this to my theory. I don't even under, I don't even understand that to be perfectly honest. Let's say you're A and you want to uh kill Emily at, at this homecoming. Let's let's say that that was the plan. And you and you, and clearly we have a many A theory again because uh you got in your car and you drove to the sign cuz Emily just fell, right? You get in your car and your big like statement is going to be to paint over the sign leading into the city for who who is gonna see that and for what purpose um uh yeah, I don't I don't understand it. I am more on board with the not a theories for this moment in particular, you know it could be that you know Lucas is clearly uh has feelings or has a crush, I guess on Hannah could be like, oh, my heart's broken, so, you know, I'm down. Pain. You know what, maybe Alex is like, I'm getting out of the city, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to reduce the population by one. Maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's one of Mario's parents. They're like, you know, this person hurt me. They're out of here. Maybe Fitz is like you know what I should probably leave the city, so make this uh, make this a seven. You know, um, there's a lot of other people not connected to this A stuff that would be more likely to do this in some sort of weird depressive uh, act of vandalism. For this to be in any way associated with A makes zero sense. There, there's absolutely no reason for this person to do this. So a bit, bit of a miss for me on that particular moment, but um, we got some more information about A as absolutely more than one person there's no way that A could be doing this on their own. And I don't know how they're doing the feats in this episode. How are they changing fortunes and fortune cookies? How did they rewrite a tarot card, write on a card, know that she was going to be at that reading, and have it pulled when she's sitting there? Absolutely impossible unless A is a magician. Unless Alex is some sort of sleight of hand artist, he swapped cards, unless the fortune teller is in it. That That would actually make that make sense. So the fortune teller has to be part of A. It's okay, so we talked through it. Okay, so the fortune teller character is definitely part of A. Um, some employee at the uh, takeout place is also a uh, part of the uh, many A theory. I no longer am co- convinced that it's Maya. Mona seems to still be my number one suspect. I gotta be honest. Um, she has a vested interest in keeping everyone else down to kind of continue to rise herself higher. And in the scheme of vitriol, it's been... The least on Hannah. I mean it's been mean to Hannah too, don't get me wrong, but the photos to Emily is very specific. The insults to Spencer are very specific, and the and the letter to Han, to Arya's mom is very specific. I don't think Hannah's received that level of vitriol. So for some reason and somehow, Mona is in control of these these A's. She knows this fortune teller, uh, she knows people at this restaurant, she has some, some technology, she probably recruited Lucas I don't want to put him in there. I don't think he's A. But she does need someone with videography uh, abilities to record and and do all these things. So, so Mona is the head of this team, and that's, that's where we're at. So that's it for this week, and then we'll talk to you next time for Episode 7. Uh, until then, look, if you're going to deface public property, do it in an area where those who are going to be upset by it can actually see you're defacing. Otherwise, You're just making it hard for people driving down the road to focus on driving safely. Bye.